The problem I wish to address in this book can be introduced with a personal story from nearly 50 years ago. I was in high school, trying with some friends to run a small Christian studies group. We decided one term that we would do a series of studies about Jesus, each beginning with why. The topics included such questions as why was Jesus born? Why did Jesus live? Why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus rise again? And why will he return? I don't think we had one on why Jesus ascended, though we should have. Anyway, for some reason I was assigned the task of preparing and leading the second of these, Why Did Jesus Live? I soon realized, even as a raw teenager, that I had drawn the short straw. After all, if you were given Jesus' birth, you could talk about the Incarnation, about God becoming man. We all had memories of Christmas sermons, and we knew how important it was that Jesus wasn't just an ordinary human being. He was God in person. There was even the whole question of the virgin birth, no shortage of material there. The same was true for the person who was to speak about Jesus' death. Even at that tender age, we knew not only that it was important to say he died for our sins, but to push a little bit farther and ask how that happened, how it made sense. For myself, that is, so to speak, where I came in, my earliest memory of personal faith was when, as a very small boy, I was overwhelmed, reduced to tears, by the thought that Jesus died for me. What the cross says about the love of God has always been central and vital for me. I don't think we schoolboys quite grasped the range of what is called atonement theology, but we knew there were some important questions to look at and some important and central beliefs to grasp hold of. So too with the resurrection, and indeed the second coming. Again, I'm not sure we went very deep or even necessarily explored the most helpful biblical passages, but these were thrilling topics. There was plenty to talk about, plenty to chew over, plenty to make us not only think hard, but to celebrate the excitement of believing in Jesus and of trying to live as a Christian. But what about that question in the middle, my question? Why did Jesus live? What, in other words, about the bit between the stable and the cross? There were, after all, Christmas carols and other hymns that took Jesus straight from his poor manger to his bitter cross. Did it matter that, according to the four Gospels, he had a short period of intense and exciting public activity at the latter end of his life? What truth could we learn from it? Why did it have to be like that? Does it matter that he did all those things? That he said all those things? That he was all those things? Would it have made any difference if, as the virgin-born Son of God, he had been plucked from total obscurity and crucified, dying for our sins, without any of that happening. If not, why not? I realized then, and have realized increasingly in recent years, that many Christians read the Gospels without ever asking those questions. Adapting a phrase from a well-known book on management, The Empty Raincoat, such readers experience the four Gospels as an empty cloak. The outer wrapping is there, Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection. But who is inside the cloak? What did Jesus do in between? Is there anybody there? Does it matter? Now comes the frustration. I have absolutely no idea what I said in that teenage talk. I don't know what sense I tried to make of why Jesus lived. 
It's possible that somewhere, deep in a dusty box, I have some scribbled notes from that early attempt to answer the question that has haunted me all my life. But at least I remember the fact of being puzzled. And that is part of the point of this book. It wasn't an accident that I was puzzled. It wasn't that most Christians knew the answer, and I just hadn't grasped it yet. I had stumbled, without realising it, on a weak spot in the general structure of Christian faith as it has come to be expressed in today's world, and I suspect, for a lot longer than we might imagine. Here is all this material in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Why? What are we supposed to make of it all? The Puzzle of a Lifetime Come forward about fifteen years from that early experience. In my late twenties, out of the blue, I was asked to give a Bible exposition to the Student Christian Union at Cambridge. I don't know who inspired the question or what they expected me to say, but the title I was given was The Gospel in the Gospels.